Okay, so yesterday we began learning about Rosh Hashanah falling out on Shabbos and how we don't pull the shofar. And the reason we pull the shofar is because Rosh Hashanah doesn't need the shofar when Rosh Hashanah falls out on Shabbos because Shabbos itself has the same component that shofar has. Shofar brings Hashem's pleasure in creation. And Shabbos organically has is a day of pleasure. And therefore there's no need to build a shofar. But the question we had was, the whole purpose of creation is for the sake of the Jewish people serving Hashem. Hashem specifically wants us to, uh, unlike when the creation began, where creation was as a result of Hashem's kindness, now our service of Hashem is... Um, a key component in the divine flow that comes to the world. Hashem wants us to be involved. So how do we have our involvement in the Rosh Hashanah when Rosh Hashanah falls in on Shabbos and it seems we're not involved, we don't bowl the shofar. And so we're going to learn something amazing. We're going to learn that blowing the shofar is one way of serving Hashem, another way of serving Hashem by not blowing the shofar. It's not that we're doing something on regular Rosh Hashanah, and this year we don't do anything, it's rather, when the Rosh Hashanah falls on Shabbos, we are doing a specific kind of serving a service of Hashem, and the service of Hashem is called not blowing the shofar. And this service of Hashem is actually not inferior to a regular Rosh Hashanah. It can't be, the Rebbe says, that Shabbos detracts from Rosh Hashanah. Rather, Rosh Hashanah actually um, is enhanced by Shabbos, and so, the, so that there's a higher way of serving Hashem that we don't have in a regular year. And this higher service of Hashem is to not blow the shofar. So we need to explain what that means. What is the uh, higher service of Hashem in not blowing the shofar? So let's go to Toys Gibbel. To explain what it means to blow the shofar, what it means, what Shabbos means, what not blowing the shofar on Shabbos means. Let's start off talking about what a shofar is, period, when what Shabbos is, period. What's shofar about? Why is shofar the, the thing that we use to coronate Hashem as our king? A shofar is, a, is an animal horn. It's not a very musical instrument. It's a very simple sound. So why is this the thing that we use to coronate Hashem as a king? Why not to have like a philharmonic orchestra or something? And the answer is, is that coronation is not about sophistication. Coronation is about devotion. And this simple sound of the shofar, which is coming from a simple animal who is subservient to its master, highlights... This um, this feeling of of total devotion to Hashem. It's not about our identity. It's rather about our devotion, of giving our desire to Hashem, our souls to Hashem. As in regular coronation, when the people emphasize and demonstrate their devotion to the king, they cause the king to want to accept their coronation. So too, it's our blowing the shofar, the simple sound from an animal which has no intelligence, 
um, highlights that our devotion to Hashem is, is not about um, what we're giving, it's about who we're giving to. That we're devoting ourselves to Hashem and we are, are letting go of our intelligence, letting go of our understanding. We're devoting ourselves completely to Him. It's not about a sophisticated decision. It's, this, it's a ram's horn. It's a simple sound. It's a, it's the sound, just like a ram is, it doesn't have intelligence, so too our devotion to Hashem has to be without sophistication, without, without, without uh, intelligence. That's the of Shofar. It's a cry, a cry of, of yearning, a cry of, of, uh, of, of devotion to Hashem. There is even a um, discussion in Chassidus about a Mishnah. Mishnah says that the Shofar according to one opinion, can be, can be blown from a yal poshut, from a certain kind of animal. And the Hebrew title for the animal, the shofar of this animal is, a, is poshut. Poshut means it's simple. It's not, it's, not, it's not sophisticated, it's straight. But um, so this explains that being poshut, being simple, is what we're looking for in Shashana. We're looking for a simple devotion to Hashem. And the, and the Futafas used to say, to be simple isn't simple at all. But that's what the shofar is meant to give us, the simple devotion to Hashem. And that's why he specifically used the animal's horn. And it's specifically not a sophisticated sound. And uh, that's what the, uh, the reform and conservative uh, temples are having a hard time with. They're trying to make it sound something, something unique, something special. And they put musical accompaniment with it, and they have uh, choirs. And uh, I even heard, and there's a video going around of, of a Avinu Malkenu sung with shofars. But uh, as as interesting that is, it doesn't sound like 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 uh, <laughs> regular music. Okay, so um, what is what are we looking for? We're looking for a the Karni Hashem is our King, and that's achieved by the simple cry, "We want you, Hashem." That's the show for us. And so too, Shabbos is also about our devotion to Hashem. During the week, when the godly light of Hashem is not as revealed as it is on Shabbos, so, so we feel more ourselves, we feel more what we're doing. I'm going to work, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. On Shabbos, we're like a person who stops working and is standing in front of the king. And the rule is, when you're in front of the king, you're not allowed to make any movements. If the Gemara says a whole story about someone who made a signal to his friend with a piece of wood, just to signal his friend, and he was give, and he was deserved the death penalty. Because in front of the king, there's no sense of self. It's supposed to be a total obligation when you're in front of the king. So... Shabbos is like that. Shabbos, we don't work. Really, really, it, should, it, 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 it would have been forbidden to um, work altogether in the week as well. Um, because we're always in front of Hashem. But nevertheless, Hashem commands us to work during the week. And, and it's in sync also with the kind of feeling that we naturally have during the week. During the week, we, since God, Hashem's light is more concealed, so therefore there's more of a sense of self Therefore, working is appropriate. On Shabbos, Shem's light is revealed, we're more in front of the king. We're closer to the king. We're, we are, we're in proximity and face-to-face with the king. 
therefore working doesn't make sense. You're not allowed to work on Shabbos. Why not work on Shabbos? You're not allowed to work on Shabbos because on Shabbos you're in front of the king. So during the week, your presence, the king's presence, isn't as overtly clear, and therefore you're allowed to work. And on Shabbos, you're not supposed to work because you're in front of the king. Why are you working? You're in front of the king. You're, you, you, you need to do something? There's a king here. What, what, who is asking you what you need right now? We're, we're now in front of the king. And this is what Rosh Hashanah falling out on Shabbos means. Although every Shabbos there's this element of devotion and abnegation. If now it's a bit of Shabbos. But on Rosh Hashanah, when we are creating the initial bond that we have with Hashem, on Rosh Hashanah we coronate Hashem as our king. The rest of the year Hashem is our king. But when do we begin this relationship anew? Rosh Hashanah. That's when we crown Him as our king. So there is subservience to a king, but then there is crowning the king in the first place. There's a lot more subservience there in the coronation than there is when the king is already crowned as the king. So on Rosh Hashanah, we crown Hashem as our king, so that's more than regular Shabbos. Regular Shabbos, yes, you're in front of the king. Rosh Hashanah is you're crowning the king. The Chassidah um, says it this way, the devotion we have to Hashem throughout the year is lower than our intellect, lower than our feelings. The, the devotion we have to Hashem Rosh Hashanah is higher than our intellect, higher than our feelings. It's deeper. It's, it's a total and deep, deep abnegation. It's like we were discussing a few days ago about, about um, the day of, of the uh, founding of Tomchatmimim, the founding of the Rebbe Hashab Zeshiva, and what, is he, what kind of identity does he want his students to possess? Hanach that they're, that, they're, that their physiological makeup is that they're devoted to the cause. That they're, they're not just they happen to be devoted to Hashem, but it's part of who they are. There's a shana, it's, 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 that's what it is. It's, it's something that it's supposed to be from our, our deepest self, our natural self, is um, devoting itself to Hashem. It's from our essence. So it's higher than regular Shabbos. On the other hand, just like the Gemara says that there are certain um, blessings that are changed because of the convergence of two different days, two different holidays, and different sacrifices that are changed because of the convergence of two different holidays, so too the devotion that we have to Hashem on a regular Rosh Hashanah and the devotion we have to Hashem on a regular Shabbos are both um, enhanced by this meeting of Rosh Hashanah and Shabbos. So what we have uh, next Shabbos is Shabbos Shabbosin, a double Shabbos. Shabbos Peshabbate. It's higher than the re- devotion to Hashem of Shabbos and higher than the devotion to, of, to Hashem that there is on a regular Rosh Hashanah. Something higher happens when Rosh Hashanah falls out on Shabbos. Chaim, Chaim, Rach. Doesn't happen often. When was the last time it happened? 2020. But the time before that was 2009. Wow. I'm so looking for it. I'll take you home with you. Okay, Dalit. Ishlava, Yermas, What is unique about this Rosh Hashanah? When it falls out on Shabbos, and how is it greater than a regular Rosh Hashanah? 
We can explain this by looking at the very first uh, Shabbos. The very first Shabbos that happened since Hashem made the world. What's, what happened on that Shabbos? On the first day that Adam is here, what did we learn yesterday? Adam gathered all of creation together, and he said to all of creation, let us bow, let us prostrate ourselves before Hashem, our Maker. So it's amazing. There is a sense of total devotion to Hashem, of the whole creation. But there's still something that is, uh, that can be improved. Why? What did Adam say? Why should we bow down to Hashem? Let's bow down to Hashem because He is our maker. Okay, that's, a pretty, that's a pretty big deal. He doesn't say that He made us. He says He's our maker. That means Adam imparted in all of creation the paradigm, the conviction that Hashem is constantly creating every creature out of nothingness every moment. It's not just um, that Hashem made the world once upon a time, but this is the reality. I was listening to Remendel Morozov Fabrink, uh, and he was talking about how he was once learning chassis with someone, and they were learning this concept. And the guy, he was so excited about it, he's like, wow, he's like licking his fingers, so amazing. And after he learns this whole thing, he says, do you really believe in this? <laughs> is this real? I have a question here. Yeah. I mean, because we understand, Adam, I mean, Hashem creates the world every second, you know, this table is not a table. You're saying that Adam had that same insight? Because if he is, then he's as Jewish as anybody else. Okay, it's a, bit, it's a different, different subject than today. Yeah. But in short, Jewishness is not just the soul. Jewishness is that your soul is connected to your body in a way that your offspring is Jewish. Adam's offspring wasn't Jewish, therefore he, was, he wasn't Jewish. The, the, the litmus test to know if you're, if you're Jewish or not is if your soul is connected to your body in such a physical way that even your offspring is Jewish. But another, another day, another subject. Wait a minute, then you have the Rebbe that had no offspring. So that's the, the paradox. The too. ability to father children, that, that, that halachically um, they would be considered Jewish, yeah. that's, what, that's what Jewishness is about. In other words, it's not, it's not that you actually have children. It's that your soul is connected to your body in a way that you would be considered a Jewish father. Wait a minute, we can have, you know, God forbid a, man, a woman gets raped by a, an Arab or whatever. I mean, he's the father of the children, but it's because of her. So, it's a I'm, bit... I'm not trying to be, you know, silly with you here. I, I get it, I get it, I get it. I get it. The, um, the, the uh, definition of a child born in that way is different than the regular child halakhically, right? He has, he has some... He doesn't have a, a uh, not part of any of the tribes, right? As opposed to when he has a father by a Jewish father, he's part of a certain tribe, right? So, um, so there's something added by a Jewish father, and so so the the. Fully Jewish, but he doesn't have the full lineage. He doesn't have the full. Of course, he has no lineage. Lineage of of which tribe right. he's from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so there's something that is contributed by a Jewish father. So it's something which affects his soul by him having a Jewish father. So his biological father actually colors his soul. That shows that his father's soul is very attached to his physical body in a way that his offspring 
His offspring's soul is colored by his biological father. But then you're saying that Adam realized this as well. Realization, and then there is... Even on a greater scale. It's not just a tribe. I mean, if he had a Mavada low, I mean, he's there. Every Jewish soul that will ever be born was within Adam's soul. Nevertheless, Adam wasn't Jewish, because Jewishness is about a connection to the physical body. And so because his offspring wasn't Jewish... That shows that he his his soul and his body weren't somewhat weren't perfectly aligned in that way, even though his body was pure too. His body was made by God's hands, right. and so he was definitely uh, definitely a way up there, and similar to Mashiach. But anyways, let's go back to today's subject. So, so although Adam achieves this huge devotion to Hashem, where they feel God's making us every second. And all of creation, and all of creation, not just the, the Jews there, right? Not just the souls. He, he's causing all of creation to sense this. Nevertheless, there is a logic over here. It's a logical thing. Why should we bow down to Hashem? Because He's making us every second. There's a sense over here of a logical, a logical reason to be devoted to Hashem. It's not beyond logic. It's based on logic. So, number one is based on logic. Number two... What is happening here? Who is the center stage over here? Is it Hashem or is the ones bowing to Hashem? We are all going to bow to Hashem. What do you hear over there? We hear we are bowing to Hashem. It's not about, it's not about a, a environment where all you feel is the king. It's an environment where you feel that everyone's bowing to Hashem. It's not an environment where there is, which is devoid of a sense of self. There is a sense of self. The sense of self is expressed in our bowing to Hashem. But there is a sense of self there. Next column. What Shabbos adds to a regular Shoshana is this. Because he is in the king's presence, he cannot do anything. He can't even bow down to the king. Because he is totally abnegated before the king, he doesn't have even the ability to bow to the king. There is bowing to the king. That's one way of showing devotion to the king. And there's you're doing something. You, there's still a sense of self. And there's a higher level of devotion to the king where there's no sense of self at all and you can't even bow. Go ahead. Oh, yeah, that's at the end of the story. And the story is, is the guy was highlighting how, how Chassidus um, demands of us to, um, to take things which, which are not obvious to our eyes and they're real. And they're real. So this guy was, who was holding the whole new concept to him, he thought there must be a fairy tale. It can't, it can't be real. Because our, our natural sense of self is ourselves. And therefore, like, he's like, well, that's, a, that's an interesting fairy tale you guys have. You don't believe, believe this, do you? Uh, and, and so Adam brought this actual conviction that everyone really felt that Hashem creates us. And he bowed down to Hashem. But the center of, of it all was we are bowing to Hashem. The center, there, there was an environment of, of, of great... Um, it was an environment of holiness. It was an environment of devotion. It was an environment of, of, uh, of, of revelation. They're, they're, they're experiencing Hashem's presence. But they're also experiencing their own presence. We are bowing to Hashem. And there's a higher level where there's no sense of self at all. And that's, and that's the unique quality that Shabbos adds to Rosh Hashanah. That we don't blow the shofar. 
It's, there's no sense of we are going to bow down to Hashem. Imagine, just we discussed a couple of times about the, the, the unsophisticated guy who goes into the art museum and is like, wow, what a nice picture. They throw the guy out. What are you doing? Why are you talking? Well, he's, he's extolling the art. Isn't he doing what you're supposed to do in an art museum? No, you're supposed to be lost by the art. That's supposed to feel yourself. The fact that you're saying it's a nice picture, you're, 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 it, it's, that, that's, that's, that's nice that you feel that way, but it's not the environment that we want in the museum. In the museum, we want you to, to lose yourself to the art. We want you to feel the art. Your devotion to the art is undesirable in the museum. On Rosh Hashanah, on a regular year, it's not in the museum. Therefore, you blow the shofar. You have to show your excitement and devotion to Hashem. You blow the shofar to, to bow to Hashem. You need to bow to Hashem. When Hashem falls on on Shabbos, it's a higher level of service of Hashem where it's not about your extolling the art, it's about being lost in the presence of the king. That you don't have this uh, feeling of, of self in the way that you, you need to bow down. Your, your existence isn't there in the first place. The, 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 all there is is, is the king. Let, let's read further inside. There are two kinds of devotion, two kinds of bitl. One way is One way of serving Hashem is this. A person negates, puts himself on the side, he gives his desire, he gives his soul over to Hashem, and he becomes a servant of the king. The Talmud says that... Um, the servant of the king is like the king himself. And that's why the halacha says this. If a servant acquires something, it becomes automatically the property of his master. But not in the way that the servant acquires it first. And then his master gets it. Rather, what happens is, is that the servant's acquisition is the acquisition of his master. In the very acquisition of the servant, the servant go, walks in the street and he finds a... Uh, a, a diamond, Halacha says that the mechanism of how it comes into the owner's um, uh, jurisdiction is that in the discovery, in the, in the act of acquisition of the servant, the master acquires it with that very act of acquisition. It's not that it first becomes a servant's and then it becomes a master's. Halacha says it immediately becomes a master's. His act of acquisition, says the Rashba, is a, is a master's act of acquisition. So the servant's being is the master's being. The Jew is a servant of Hashem. He is the king himself. But nevertheless, since there is something the servant is doing to, to, to serve the master, what makes him a servant? That he does things for the master. There's, there is a sense of himself. There is, there is him, and there are things he does for his master. So that's not total abnegation. There's... His devotion to the master is superimposed on his natural identity. His first identity is I am. And then there is what he does with his I am. What is, it? What is he? He's a servant of his master. What's his first reality? His first reality is I am. And since that's his first reality, there is um, there's something missing there. He is serving his master. And he is still there. There's still a he there. Oifana Bey is a second and higher level of serving Hashem is this. You're standing in front of the king in a way that you don't feel yourself at all. Ah, to the point. Next page. You cannot say 
that he is nullified, he's devoted to the king. There's no one other than the king there. All there is is the king. This is similar to the concept that Chassidus discusses about sacrifice and devotion to Hashem. One way of devoting yourself to Hashem is, it's logical. It makes sense that for the sake of Hashem you'll give your life. Not only that, in the act of devotion to Hashem you feel, I am giving my life to Hashem. You feel that I am I and I am giving my something to Hashem. That's one way of devotion to Hashem. You are about to, uh, you're, you're encountering this challenge where someone's threatening your life, and you say to Hashem, Hashem, I'm taking one, I'm doing this for you. So you still feel yourself. You understand that it's appropriate to do this, it's appropriate to give your life rather than give away your connection to Hashem. And, but there's, there's an I over here. I'm doing this, doing this for the sake of Hashem. And there's a higher level. A higher level is, you can't call it sacrifice. Because there, there's, no, there's no giving of soul to Hashem because there's no sense of soul, no sense of self. All there is is Hashem. And that's even beyond the level of Yechida. Yechida, the highest level of, of, the, um, of the soul, is there's an expression of devotion to Hashem. Yechida gives you a sense of, I want to give to Hashem, to a very deep and high level. But there's still a sense of, I want to give. There's something about the yachtach, yechid yachtach. I want to become one with Hashem. I need to, beca- I need to become one with Hashem. This would mean I'm not there and I need to become one with Hashem. And the high level is that uh, there's no sense of self at all. Higher than the yechid, which is a level of the soul, is the essence of the soul, which has no name. The essence of the soul, you can't, there's no titles, there's nothing it... It's not, a, it's not something that does something. Yechida does an action of, un, of uniting itself. The essence of the soul is one with Hashem, period. All there is is Him. The essence of the soul is part of Hashem. So one way of serving Hashem with sacrifice is I'm giving myself over to Hashem. There's a sense of, sense of self. There were, there, were, there were boys who were put in Russian orphanages um, before Pesach and then during the time of the Soviet regime and they didn't eat on the whole Pesach. They, they fasted the whole Pesach. And they, they, they managed to survive somehow. And halakhically, ask any rabbi, the rabbi would say, boys, you have to eat. But they, they asked these boys after, what were you thinking? And the boys like, well, we couldn't eat. How could we eat? It's Pesach. How could we eat? There's no sense of self. There's no, the, all the, the sense was, was that, what, that, what the, it's, it, it's impossible to eat. They didn't have a sense of self. My great-great-grandfather, Zalm Meisha, was once being there by Rashab. Rashab called him over by Fabrengen. And... Uh, and we finished mm-hmm. talking to him. The old son wondered, what did the Rebbe say to you? He said, I have no idea. I just felt bad that the Rebbe's holy face, eyes had to look at my uh, Chazor-like face. Anyway, that's a higher level of Mr. Nafsi. There's no sense of self. All there is is, is is the Master. Not that I'm giving myself over to Hashem, but that all there is is Him. It's not that I'm giving. I, I'm giving. Rather, there is the, 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 the essence of the Shema where... where, where 